Have you ever heard of a Foley artist? A what? What's that? No. Uh, no. I have no idea. You're joking, right? Uh, no. <laughs> it has something to do with uh, fish. Do you know what a Foley artist is? Have you ever heard of a job and thought, you get paid for that? These are the stories of fascinating people doing fascinating jobs, hiding in plain sight. My name is Greg Barbanel, and I am a Foley artist. And my name is Christy Forsch, and I'm your host. You might not be familiar with a Foley artist, but the entertainment industry is. They have been around since the 1920s. You might not have heard of them, but you have definitely heard their work. They are a crucial member of the creative team, helping to form the world of what you hear when you experience a TV show, a movie, or a video game. Greg has worked in the industry for 40 years and is coming up on 600 credits. So you have probably seen something he has worked on. Some that stood out to me included Little Miss Sunshine, Dumb and Dumber, The Revenant, Better Call Saul, and Breaking Bad. I was so excited to interview Greg about his career as a Foley artist. Let's see what he has to say. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. Let's start off with what's on everyone's mind. What exactly is a Foley artist? A Foley artist is a person who performs sound effects and footsteps for films and television shows. We perform the sounds, whether it be footsteps or now we do every single conceivable prop, picking up pencils or whatever, or putting your hands on the table or taking your clothes off or whatever it is that we're asked to record. We have to come up with a sound for it. We perform it while the scene is running and everything we do when we're done doing the Foley session on a TV show or a film, those sounds are basically in sync. They have to be tweaked, a frame here, two frames there, but it's all done. The difference between what we do and what a sound editor does, sound editors work from libraries. So they'll take a pre-recorded sound and they'll edit it to make it fit the picture. That's not what we do. We Everything is done live, in sync, to picture. It's a performance. How long has the job of a Foley artist been around for? Well, that's a good question. Jack Foley worked for Universal Studios. In the early days of sound film, each reel, there was maybe on a feature film, there might have been 10 reels. Each reel was given to an, a sound editor. And he was responsible for all the sound on that reel. Each editor, and Jack Foley was one of them, had to do the sound on his reel that he was given, including cutting the footsteps in. So they had pre-recorded basic footstep sounds. <laughs> and they had to literally take these and painstakingly edit each one in sync with the footsteps where it took forever. My understanding of the story is that they had recently built a scoring stage, which is a stage for recording music for films. And they had a big screen up in front, a gigantic, huge open space for the orchestra. And the conductor would face the screen and he would 
bass the tempo on making sure that the film would run while they were recording the sound. And what that did is they figured out how on the scoring stage, how to interlock the projector showing the film and a recorder recording the music. They ran together later on in technology. They were able to back it up and forward it in sync. But back then they could only go forward. If they made a mistake, they had to go to the top and start all over again. So Jack Foley said, you know, I could save myself a lot of time. And he brought his reel down to the scoring stage, had him put it up on the projector, had the guy, you know, lock up the recorder. He put a microphone down on the ground, ran the film, and literally walked. As he watched the character walk down the street, he walked kind of in sync with that. Recording it in sync, he took that track and it just laid right in. No more editing all the footsteps. So that's what really Foley is about. Creating the sounds, but also, like you say, being in sync is the, the live and like one with the picture is pretty amazing. It takes practice because it's more than just being in sync. Having to do with footsteps, you're bringing a bit of the emotion into it. Is this person scared? Is this person... In, in fear? Is this person uh, cocky? You actually perform the footsteps with that in mind. And it makes a difference. Being able to interpret that, we're trying to enhance what, what, what the director is trying to get across in this particular scene or whatever. We perform things to fit that. Same with props, setting a mug down on a table, but I can do it six different ways. I can do it with anger, or uh, I'm trying to be quiet, or I'm being genteel, or I'm being, uh, you know, a truck driver. When they shoot the film, someone may have just put the cup down without necessarily thinking that, and we can help these things out. We can help convey the the sense of the scene a little bit. You enhance it. And there's something so primal about the footsteps. You're seeing these characters going through a journey and there's something so much to be said for just moving and walking what can be told. Yeah. Not until I learned of this and then you start really listening for the footsteps. There can be so much conveyed. Oh, absolutely. So I guess before we get into like the day to day, how did you end up with this job? Generally, this is not something you go to school for at, at yeah. all. You don't go and get a degree in Foley. Film, yes. But Foley is a tiny, minute little part of that film education. How did I get into it? I went to California Institute of the Arts, graduated with a film degree, didn't know anything about Foley in my entire four years there. And I got into sound editing and I was an assistant sound editor on one show and then decided I can do this and started my own sound editorial company. We prepare all the soundtracks for the final mix. And as part of that, Foley became necessary. We had to do Foley on the shows that we had. So I kind of jumped in and I spent a little time on this on a Foley stage with a guy named Gene Corso. Gene was an old timer, funny, interesting guy, self-taught. I, I, I hung with him for a few sessions and then went out and did it. And I'm lucky that kind of had it uh, in me. I, I got it. I understood it. And I could solve problems. Foley's about solving problems. What do we do? How do we make the sound for this? Uh, what's around me? What kind of junk do I have that I can solve this problem? So 
I started doing my, the Foley and the sound effects on our projects that we had at our company. And my partner did dialogue and ADR. And then of course we all sat we, at the final mix. I think I had the company about eight years when I bought my partner out. And then when I sold the company, I didn't know what I was going to do next. So I started getting phone calls from all my competitors, all the guys, all the companies I was bidding against for all those eight years started calling me because they knew I wasn't doing that anymore. And they wanted me to know if I could do the Foley on their projects. So I started saying, well, sure, I guess I'll do this until I figure out what I'm going to do next. And um, I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do next. (laughs) that was 40 plus years ago yeah did you ever have a moment where you thought to yourself like I'm going to do this for the rest of my life or like an aha where you're like this is it no I actually did not really didn't want to do it the rest of my life but you know I I got pretty good my reputation was real good I kept the phone kept ringing and I'm one of those guys that just can't say no. People will tell you, oh, yeah, just call Greg. He'll say yes, no matter what. I'll double shift. I'll work weekends. I'll do what I have to. You know, before I knew it, I'm thinking about retiring. <laughs> the best in the business. This isn't just anyone, everyone. This is. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm the best in the business, but I, I'll tell you this. I probably worked as much or more than anyone else in the business. Full career, I think I've done. Getting close to 600 projects, I've always worked. What do you attribute success to, that continuation of people continuing to ask? I guess it's because I I do a good job and I get things done on time. I do what it takes to get it done on time. So it's never like, I work hard, people know it. I've developed a good reputation and that's why I keep getting cold. Going into the day-to-day from the start of someone gives you a call and says, I really want you on this project before you get into the studio. What is the pre-work before you get into the studio? Or are you just kind of thrown right into the studio? We need you tomorrow. Both generally, if it's a feature film, I have time to see it, prepare, go out, find props. That's another thing that I, in my career, am known for is I used to have, I've, I've donated a lot of them a massive oversized two-car garage filled with rows of racks filled with all the props I've collected over the years. My car was never in a garage. Props are kind of my thing. And given the opportunity, I look at the project, I break it down, I make notes. Oh, uh, I will go to metal scrap yards or there's a few key fun secret spots I know where they have massive collections of junk and all kinds of oddball things. And I will go and scout and buy what's needed to make this go well. If you don't have the right prop or the right tool, it's not going to be as good as if you did, period. So I did all of Breaking Bad, the whole series. Breaking Bad was an exceptional television series for me. Probably one of the most amazing television shows. Each episode was handled like a miniature feature film. The other amazing thing about Breaking Bad is, from a Foley standpoint, is not only they rely on us to consistently give them amazing stuff, but they used it. All they used it all. You hear my work on that show more than any other show I probably worked on. It's featured, 
The Foley is way up there. Very little music in Breaking Bad, and it's very intimate. The whole show is kind of almost microscopic. It kind of zooms in on things as opposed to pulling back and having big, huge explosions and what have you. But the cool thing about Breaking Bad is they gave us more time. Uh, typically on a one-hour drama, which it was, I work for Universal now. We do one-hour dramas all the time. I either have a day or a day and a half. Luxury is day and a half. Breaking Bad, we had two and a half days minimum. And when we needed it, and there was no, if we needed it, they didn't question it. If I said, I need another half day, I need another full day. I need three and a half days on this episode, they'd say, fine. So we were given all the time we needed, which gave me the opportunity to make sure that everything we did was perfect. The other cool thing is that we were ahead of the game. So they would send me the episode. We wouldn't work on it for at least a week or two. It wouldn't air for six months. So I would get the episode, I'd look at it, and then I'd make a massive list and I'd spend days running around town, handpicking the perfect props for all the weird stuff, all the normal stuff I don't have to worry about. So I always had exactly the right thing in front of me when it came time to actually record it. It was, it was very cool. So fun. It's like a treasure hunt before. And you get to see Breaking Bad before anybody else. Like, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it helps knowing like you're, a, you know, you're part of an amazing story. And the piece you're contributing is a huge, you know, the weight of that is. It was. It fun. was. And then when I was first contacted by the supervising sound editor, a guy named Nick Forshager, brilliant, excellent, excellent sound editor. Uh, he contacted me. We, we had a history. I've done a lot of shows for Nick, but he called me and said, I got a project TV series, but we have to have a talk. It's, it's different than anything else. It's very unusual. Your stuff is going to be featured. We need, it's very fully heavy, very fully intensive. We're going to be asking for stuff that usually you would say, Oh, for God's sakes, what the hell are you doing this for? And in the very beginning, there was a cue. We're on the stage working, and there's a cue, and it says stick bug walking at, at this footage. And we look at it, and I'm going, oh, stick bug. It's a low shot. Camera's down on the ground in the desert. Huge, long vista with the hills way in the background and mounds of dirt and what have you in the whole New Mexico landscape. And we're going, I don't see a stick bug. What the hell are they talking about? And we look again, and down way in the foreground, Starting way over on the right side is this a stick bug, which you can barely see anyway, because it's that's why they call it a stick bug. It's just sticks. And it's very slowly walking across the screen. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding. It makes no sound. What are, what, what are they doing? You know, so I get out, I get the mic like within an inch of the dirt. And I take, I think it was mash sticks. And I watch it and I make a footstep in the dirt with the matchsticks very carefully getting it in sync and i'm saying what a joke what a waste of time until i saw the episode aired and they played it it was right there and up front they played it up it's that the kind of thing that breaking bad was all about and there's another episode called the fly it was about a fly trap in the super lab and they couldn't cook until they killed the fly and the whole episode was about killing the fly and it was a wonderful episode uh, but there were super close-ups of this fly. The fly was huge, full screen. And it was doing this thing where it would rub its little front feet together. It would flutter its wings, rub its feet, take a couple of steps, whatever, and then it would cut away. 
It was a four second, five, six second shot. Took us 40 minutes to get it right. Wow. And they played it. So what did you use for the flight? You say a little tissue paper. And then what what did you use when it's walking? Um, I think for the wings, I think I took something like that. Some very small little thin piece of whatever. And I had spun something and I just kind of touched this to the silent spinning. It was like a bicycle wheel. And I put, I think I taped like a single, we, we, we had to play with it. That's why it took 40 minutes just to get this done. But it got the perfect little, little super fast wing. I couldn't have done it by manually. How often does that happen where you, you come in with an idea of, oh, this would be good for the wings. And then you get there and it doesn't quite, and you have to do it on the spot. All the time. That's what this job is all about. And it's solving those kinds of problems and being able to. And there are many solutions. There's a, a, a sound of the wing. We could have done that four to five different ways with five slightly different sounds. And they'd all work. They pointed out, oh, there's the stick bug. How often is it them telling you, these are the sounds we want to make sure you get? And then do you sometimes point out sounds? that? A hundred percent. When we do a show, uh, we get a session. And if you zoom out on the whole thing, it's like 300, 400 little specks of things to deal with. And so we're told everything. It'll say stick bug from this footage to this footage. It'll say pick up coffee mug, take coffee pot out, pour a cup of coffee, set coffee mug down. Everything is broken down and they tell us what they want. That doesn't mean we can't add to it, which we do. They'll say close up fly. That's one cue according to them when we were done with that it was probably eight cues we broke down the wing we broke down the feet we broke down the little antenna rub we broke down the 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 front feet rub we broke down the little antenna shiver (laughs) so wow you track all the footsteps first do you track all the fly movements first so we come in in the beginning of the day we start our session the first thing we do is a cloth pass The cloth pass, we're recording the movement of people's clothing. You know, when they're running, when they're running, when they're walking, when they're folding their arms. So that's beginning to end of show. So if it's a 42 minute show, it takes us at least 42 minutes to record that. And we do it with cloth in our lap and we sync as best as possible. And we just do a general cloth movement. We always do that first because it gives us a chance to look at the entire show. While we're recording the cloth, we see beginning to end what, what's ahead of us. When the cloth is done, the next thing we do is we set up and we do all the feet. We get the feet out of the way. So me and my partner, we trade off. I'll, I'll take Joe and I'll do Joe beginning a show to end a show. And I get out there and I'll move the mic. Oh, he's on carpet now. I got to move the mic over here and do it. Is it hard carpet or is it carpet over wood? Oh, okay. You know, what shoes is he wearing? Of course, we have vast collections of shoes. We're always changing shoes. We get all the feet done, getting the right shoe on the right surface and performing it believably. When that's all done, we do the props. And that's everything that they touch, handle, move, bump, crash, everything from touching their watch to a guy being thrown into tables and chairs and breaking glass and, and everything else. Anything that happens that you see 
uh, we've got to we've got to do. What about is there a prop that you use kind of a go to? This can be used for a bunch of different sounds. All of us Foley artists have our own found gems that we've picked up somewhere that are unique to uh, to us. I have this incredible prop that uh, it's a, it's an old clamp down to your kitchen uh, counter meat grinder. And the handle on it has this, this beautiful little high-pitched squeak that works for when you turn on a water faucet. You turn that and it goes, this little prop is beautiful for that and all kinds of other small squeaks, in which I use all the time. Other foliars don't have that prop. But universal props that we use all the time? Oh, absolutely. The chamois is a main tool for all Foley artists. A chamois, of course, is like a calfskin thing you use to clean your car. But when you get it really wet, it squishes and goos and oozes. And we use that for all gore. Everything from popping a pimple to creature burst out of your insides. And along with those things are celery. We break or rip, twist celery for bones and sinew. Common across the whole field. Everybody uses that. Uh, walnuts, crushing walnuts, sharper bone breaks. Uh, the celery is a little softer, more more sinewy. Lasagna pasta, you know, that big uh -huh. flat wavy pasta, dry before you cook it. Crushing that or snapping those are a common prop used by everybody. Are you constantly looking for new props and the noises that they could make? Well, I do be doing something and I go, what would, wow, listen to that. And if it's something I can buy or take, uh, I will. Yeah, I mean, our job is to solve those problems. So the more we know and the more we're able to go to these things to help us make those sounds. But you're always, that's the challenge of this job. Every day you go in and there's going to be something that's like, oh, this is new. What the hell am I going to do for this? And when you're watching other films, do you also see and hear the foley of what you're thinking is probably happening yeah. for the sound? Interesting. I know some of my uh, fellow foley artists say they have trouble watching movies because they, you know, they can't get away. I'm, I'm lucky. When I go and watch a movie, I watch the movie. The only time I notice anything is if it's horribly wrong. If it's so bad, it sticks out. Then I go, then I, I'm aware of it. Otherwise, I don't, I, I'm not there critiquing the Foley or the sound or whatever. I'm enjoying the movie and I'm, I'm lucky that way. Questions in closing, how have you seen the industry evolve from when you first started to now? You know, there's two sides of the glass in the Foley recording studio. There's my side out on the studio with the pits and where we make the sounds and we perform these things. And then on the other side of the glass is the mixing the technology where they're actually recording what we're doing. And they have tools they use to manipulate the sound to make it deeper or heavier or thinner or further away sounding, or they have all these wonderful tools, the plug-in tools that they can uh, use to manipulate the sound. So when I started, all the changes are on that recording end of the room. When I started, we were recording to 24-track, two-inch tape. So when we had to run down eight minutes to the, you know, the next scene or that we were going to work on, we had to sit there and wait for the, all the machines to and get there. 
Uh, every time we had to change, work on a new reel, they had to re-bias all the tape. They had to get it set up and ready to properly record to. It took time. And the tools they had, the microphones, they were fine, but they're better ones now. And of course, now we're recording 100% digital. Tremendous changes in the technology and how we do our job. But on my side of the glass, where we're performing the Foley, there's no changes. I'm doing the same things, more or less the same ways. We might be a little more efficient now. We were asked to do a little less when I started. Only selected, you know, footstep cues, selected prop cues. Today, they pretty much want you covering everything and quickly. Other than that, though, the way I do my job and what I do and how I do it is exactly the same. And, and we're using techniques. Keep in mind, you remember the you don't remember, you're way too young, but you, I'm sure you know of the old radio dramas back in the 30s. And, you know, Ohio Silver, and they would have sound effects and gunshots. And they literally had the actors around a mic with their scripts and in the same room was the sound effects guy or guys who were doing all the horse who's in the dirt thing and pulling the gun out and shooting off a blank and uh, opening and closing a small door that they had and adding sound effects to the radio drum. Some of those techniques are exactly the same today. They're custom made to sound better, but I still use coconut house for horses. <laughs> Just like they did uh, 80 years ago. Mine are different. I mean, mine are filled with bondos, so, so they have great weight, and they have a little thing cut out on the edge so the air can escape all of, all these little custom things that I made. It's amazing the little adjustments that you can continue to make when you are working with something for so long, like constant improvement, it sounds like. You're always learning with each thing, yeah. and only through just living it and doing it day in and day out, like, why don't we try this? Why don't we try that? That's true. Every prop cue I do, I'll take something, whatever it is that I'm about to record, let's say on the desk here, and it's a glasses cue. And as we're getting ready to record it, I'm every day, every time to this day, I play with it. I'm, I'm exploring the range of sounds I can get from it right before I record it. So I find the kind of thing that I want and how I have to hold it to get it. It's a little too resonant, so I'll grip it tighter and then I find what I want to do and we roll and I do it. So I don't just pick it up and go. I'm always finessing and finding, even though it's the same prop, there's um, many ways I can get sounds out of this. You're enhancing the story. You could just walk, but you're more intentional with it. It helps better tell the story. Yeah. And I want to get just exactly the right kind of sound. I've been trying to get it to be just right. Last questions here. What was your first job? First job ever? Ever. I think the first job I ever had, real job, I was in high school and I grew up in San Francisco. It was just post the flower power and all that. Everything was hip and groovy. I had to run home, put on a slacks coat and a tie, run up the street to this woman's shoe store where I sold women's shoes in high school. Very uncool. I kind of kept it low. I didn't tell everyone what I was doing. I think that was my very first real job. I've always been into work. 
I can go further back. When I was, we just moved to this house in San Francisco. I was seven. My dad worked for Four Roses, which was a liquor company. And he would bring boxes of Four Roses tie clips, Four Roses pins, Four Roses pens, Four Roses stuff. I took a card table, went up the street to the corner, set up a card table and sold Four Roses stuff when I was like six or seven. Later, my friend and I, I think we were probably 12. We lived a half a block from Children's Hospital in San Francisco. And we found his father's old shoeshine box, mm-hmm. the classic shoeshine box with the stuff and the little thing to put your foot on. We took that up and spent weeks in front of Children's Hospital shining shoes <laughs> because it was fun. <laughs> and we had to buy. Then suddenly we realized people weren't. We saw all these white shoes going by and we didn't have white. It took us a, like days to figure out we had to go up and buy a can of white shoe polish because we're at a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Took us a while to figure that out. But I've always been into working. And since I started in the film business, I've worked nonstop. I haven't had any kind of, I think I've taken three vacations in 40 years. I just work. Wow. No time off. Lots to do with shoes, too. And the steps, there's been a through line from the beginning. I did not not make that connection. Any other professions out there that you would like to try? Retirement. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, it's an unusual career. It's an unusual job. That's for sure. The creativity that it takes to bring two opposite ideas together and constantly be learning. I am so impressed. I do find it to be a creative outlet. I do. You know, I used to be jealous. I wish I could sing. I wish I could play music. I wish I could do these things to have this creative outlet. But I realized that uh, I have a great creative outlet in in my work. It's true. Yeah, I'm sure it's not every day, but sometimes you have to stop and think. No, there's a lot of mundane. It's like, there's a lot of mundane stuff. You know, it's like, Hand down to desk, hand to counter, uh, whatever. Put the pen down. Oh, my God. You know, monkeys could do this. Uh, (laughs) But there are many challenges and they come up very often. So that's what makes it fun. I used to tell my son now, you don't get rich doing this, but uh, I'm I'm blessed in that I get up every morning and I look forward to going to work. And not a lot of people can say that. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time and hopping on. This was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it very much. What a fantastic guy. Thank you, Greg Barbanel, for joining us and sharing what all goes into the work of a Foley artist. So next time you're watching a movie or a TV show, you can think of Greg behind the scenes, creating that noise, squeezing a chamois, crushing some walnuts, or cranking a meat grinder. (laughs) That's me crushing walnuts. Oh, they're not actually walnuts because I ran out to the peanut butter pretzels. Thank you, Brick Media, for helping bring this podcast to life, and Philip Ott for the original music. Follow You Get Paid For That wherever you listen to your podcast so you can know the moment that a new episode comes out this summer. 
Do me a favor and don't share this on social media. This is an off the grid podcast that we're going to share by word of mouth. I appreciate you sharing it with an actual friend, coworker, or family member. If you think that they are interested in learning about unconventional jobs, I do appreciate the share. It just doesn't have to be on social media. It could be a conversation. I'm your host, Christy Forsh. And until next time, stay curious about the people around you. And you just might discover fascinating people doing fascinating jobs hiding in plain sight.